What's going on, everybody? I'm Johnny Brook from Crafted Workshop here for episode number 51 of the Crafted Podcast. Podcast all about making stuff by hand, woodworking, metalworking, leather, electronics, and more. We put out new episodes every Thursday on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, pretty much everywhere podcasts are available. We also live stream every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern time on YouTube, so you can search Crafted Podcast on YouTube and find that. We'll pop right up. It's a great way to get your questions answered live on the air. We're also on social media at Crafted Podcast. We're on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Again, those are great places to ask us questions and also tag us in your listener projects. If you really dig the show, go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes. That's really, really helpful. Helps us grow quite a bit and get in front of more listeners. And last, we have started a Patreon page. That's a great way to support the show. Throw us a couple bucks a month and we've got tons of support levels and rewards over there, including a weekly after show. And our top patrons of the week are Make, Build, Modify, Master of None, and Debbie Brooke. And our new patron this week is Mark Maunula. So thanks for the support, Mark. And uh, again, that's patreon.com slash crafted podcast. All right, let me go ahead and introduce my co-host as always. I've got James Wright from Wood by Wright. What's going on, James? Oh, I am so good to be here. This is a pleasure for me. All right. Going Russian today. That's pretty good. And I've got Zach Herberholz from ZH Fabrications. What's going on, Zach? Hi. <laughs> keeping, it, keeping it simple and classic. Absolutely. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Well, cool. Well, uh, I guess we missed last week, so apologies to everyone out there, listeners. Um, that was I Johnny's was out, fault. So yeah, it was all my email. fault. All my fault. I was out in California with uh, Chris Salamone. I was actually in the air when we were supposed to be live streaming last week. So I just kind of had to miss that one, but had a great trip out there with Chris. I guess I'll just go ahead and kick it off. Talk about that. Um, yeah, we, we have a, We somehow we, we managed to, to not bring that up earlier. So I'm, I'm curious. It's always good when we yeah. talk about things before the podcast so that they're nice and fresh and new. Yeah. I haven't really talked about it with anybody besides, you know, like my wife or, you know, people in my personal life. So yeah, it was a really fun trip. Um, was out there, thursday through monday and so we built this i guess i'm going to go ahead and and spill the beans so we built this modern uh, platform bed out of plywood really really cool design Um, i'm excited to see how the video does i think it's going to be a a real winner it's got this really interesting backlit led headboard and we kind of cut out this pattern in the headboard so the light kind of shines through the center and there are two individually controlled LED strips on with switches on either side on the edge of the headboard. So you can kind of modulate the amount of light. Uh, really cool project. You know, it was like seven sheets of plywood. So lots of uh, ripping and cutting strips to length and, and lots of gluing. But we basically like created finger joints by having staggered lengths of plywood. It was, it was actually kind of similar in concept to the build we did in Oklahoma. So it was uh, a lot of fun. Chris is a super nice guy. Had a great trip out there. We actually did a a quick little meetup on Saturday night. Had a handful of people show up for that. And this cool little craft beer bar in the uh, town. That's like outside and just outside of LA where Chris lives. And uh, it was interesting. You know, it's always interesting to go work in other people's shops. I think for me, it really makes me appreciate the stuff I have. Because Chris's shop is probably like, a fifth of the size of my shop and yet he still produces this amazing amazing stuff so uh, it really makes me you know remember how lucky i am to have what i have and And i feel uh, like my shop is about a fifth the size of chris's shop 
I doubt it, man. I, I, <laughs> his is probably like a one car garage. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty tight, man. It, he makes it look bigger cause he uses this zoom lens and literally films it from like 60 feet away and it kind of flattens everything out. And I think it makes it look a little bigger, but, uh, it, it's pretty tight. It's, uh, but you know, he's got all the essentials and, and it was, uh, it was pretty easy to work in. So, and it was also, different because he essentially relies exclusively on natural light because it just he gets so much light in there because he keeps the garage door open that's one benefit of sunny california is it's just like you know perfect sunny every day so um, whereas i'm like in a below ground garage basement and have very little natural light at my disposal trees so right outside the door yeah trees and you know the sun is always on the opposite side of the house so i just that's not part of my, uh, not part of my workflow, but I can see how he gets such nice looking videos. Cause man, there's nothing, nothing better than a little natural light for sure. So, but, uh, yeah, it was a great trip. Um, before I went out there, I got the, uh, kind of purple MDF bar cabinet that I just put out, uh, yesterday, uh, got that finished up and, and put out the video, uh, yesterday, Wednesday on the 25th. So if you haven't seen that, go check that out. Really happy with that one. Um, that Valkermat stuff is a really interesting product, you know, using MDF as a furniture build is something that I don't think I would have ever thought to do, but this stuff is just really cool looking. And it's, it's not just a perfectly solid color. So it's got this kind of texture to it. Yeah. So when I heard like, okay, you're going to be doing this thing out of purple (laughs) MDF, I was like, Oh my God, this is going to be terrible. Like this is going to look like something from the set of Barney or like some, (laughs) like I just thought, this is this is the dumbest thing you've ever done. <laughs> but, but then, like, it's really cool. Like, it's one of those things that that was just um, surprisingly cooler than I expected. Like, you you had yeah. you had vision on that that I would not have. Like the, uh, and I thought like it was neat, but then when you sprayed that finish on it, like, oh man, just totally like I'm like, oh now it's now it's really really cool. Yeah, yeah. Like it really reminds me of uh, like in the '60s, they used a lot of like uh, metal flake and stuff on paint, like old choppers yep. and stuff. And it kind of, although there's no metal in it, it has this this cool like kind of sparkliness to it. Yes. And the, the uh, clear coat just like made it pop. It looks awesome. Yeah, it, yeah. it brought it was, out a lot of depth and and it kind of like toned down the purple a little bit you know i used endurovar which has got like a slight amber kind of tint to it so i think that really had i gone with something like you know like polyacrylic or high performance something that's like just totally clear i think it might have been a little too like purpley but i think the endurovar just warmed it up a little bit and yeah all those uh because I guess there are just some parts of the wood that don't accept the dye, I guess. And so there's all these little flecks of, of undyed, you know, kind of natural colored wood. And I, I just love it, man. This stuff is really interesting. It's definitely not cheap. Uh, I think it's about 200 bucks a sheet, which is pricey, but it's a totally unique product. And I could see it being really cool for like drawer fronts or, you know, like kind of accent pieces where you wouldn't have to build the entire cabinet out of, cause like for that, I had to use like three quarter inch MDF for the dang back because I needed it all to match. So it was, uh, it's very, very heavy, man. That thing is, <laughs> it is, uh, incredibly heavy. It's almost an entire sheet of MDF with hairpin legs and glass and all the hardware. So it, uh, I love the way it t- came out though. I think it's a really, really cool piece. It's, it's, it's for my for parents. Seems disappear too. 
Oh man, like you can almost not see where the like rails meet the styles on the door. It's it's really pretty neat, especially because I made like a little you know glue and sawdust yeah, wood filler. That. Yeah. So and, my uh, question is, I remember I heard a while ago that like, so I and maybe it has changed, maybe it hasn't, but I've heard that um, MDF they're using a better glue so that like if you spill water on it, it doesn't like self destruct. Puff up. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I come from the age of where like you dump water on your bookshelf and if the veneer is peeled off in the corners from the cheap furniture that you bought and water gets yeah. in there, like it just self-destructs. Like you'll come See, back I always associated day. I always associated that with like particle board, not necessarily because I feel like the the substrate of like a lot of the crappy furniture we had growing up was more like bigger particle chunks, you know, like a traditional particle board rather than like a compressed sawdust like mdf but i mean i think either way i think you're right um so it's funny you bring that up they so in addition to this sheet of uh valkermat this trinity innovations company uh shipped to me they shipped a sheet of this stuff called tricoil which is a outdoor rated mdf which hmm. just wrap your head around that yeah. yeah it's got a hydrophobic glue or something like that that keeps it from absorbing any water so um I think I'm going to build like kind of a lattice work privacy screen for my parents' porch. And uh, I think that's going to be really neat. Either paint it to match or just leave it natural. It's kind of got this nice kind of beige color to it. And uh, I don't know, man, I, I love finding new products like this that like most people didn't even know existed. Like I'd love to do some stuff with bamboo plywood. Cause I think that stuff is really gorgeous and it just adds this textural element or you know kind of distinct look that brings it out from the the normal you know hardwoods or or hardwood plywood options that you have traditionally so um yeah excited to work with that stuff in the future but uh that's most of what i've been working on starting on the assembly table today that's going to be a big build but uh should have that done by next week so what about you guys Who wants to go next zach um <laughs> <laughs> it's like every week it's like what have i been working on uh no i just that's always, a good question i just always assume somebody else is going to go before me so um, well, james was out of his chair so i figured probably yeah, should go fine. with you uh, I'm, I'm having a side chat with william walker currently i was listening but oh, nice uh, um nice uh uh sure. let's see here where's my thing at where's where's my list at i wrote some things down i know i did uh, we're we're on the what we're working on, right? Yes, we are. No, we're on what we're watching. The show's over, man. Where oh are you man. In? Um. <laughs> so yeah, it's this has been. I, I said it earlier when we were talking, but this week I don't know what's going on. Like both my wife and I and everybody else I've talked to, I feel like the days are like five hours long. <laughs> like I, I I don't know what's going on. It's just like a time warp. I wake up and I I go to work and in the shop, and then before I know it, it's like the day is over. So. I don't know if that's just because I've been busier than normal, but um, yeah, so I started my build for FabTech, the the thing, the uh, I'm doing a bench, and I guess I can uh, let out the secret, it's not really a secret, but uh, so I'm, I'm doing a bench for FabTech, and I wanted to do something unique that kind of has a uh, fabrication quirkiness to it, so I decided... Um, I want to do a bench that's going to have two giant C clamps. And I, I don't think Johnny's seen it, but James, you've seen, or, uh, I said that back. Vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've seen the, the sketch up that I did. It was pretty rudimentary. So 
they're going to cut out the big frame for the C channel. I'm going to build uh, bend over uh, one inch by one eighth inch uh, flat stock around it. I'm essentially welding giant C clamps together and the clamps are going to clamp onto the bench and the, the little uh, handle things on the C clamps that you turn, those are actually going to be the feet of the table. So should be yeah. pretty unique. It's, it's kind of weird though. Like, Whenever you design something in SketchUp, uh, you design it to scale on stuff. And then when you start building it, you're like, this scale doesn't seem right. So it's it's kind of weird. Like the um, – I wish I had a C, a C clamp. If you know your C clamp anatomy, like mm-hmm. you know that the, I guess you'd say like the nut part of it that the, the clamp threads through. Mm-hmm. So I'm using a piece of two-and-a-half-inch pipe. And the thread, the threaded rod that I'm using is inch and a half. And for some reason, like I really thought after looking at the SketchUp model, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a giant, like two and a half inch pipe. That's going to be huge. And it's really not that big. Like, no. you know, this is going to hold a bench. Like, yeah. So it's one of those things that we're like, well, to scale, everything's to scale in the drawing and it looks, it looks perfect. So it should look perfect in real life, but it's, you kind of, <laughs> and this happens, this isn't like the first time I've second guessed myself when buying uh, things that I've designed in SketchUp, but uh, it's just kind of an interesting thing when you like go by the materials. You're like, is this right? Is this? Yeah. Did I get this right? So no, you're right. Things always seem either too small or too big. They're like it's like if I'm building a chair. We've talked about this before. It always seems when I'm cutting the legs, I'm like, these seem really short. Like, yeah. is this is this correct? Like, these seem yeah. like chairs for you know children. For and ants. then like if you're building a tabletop, it's like, oh my. God, this is taking up like all of the space that I have. It's it's just enormous, and yeah, it's it's funny. Yeah, so that's I don't know how I got on that tangent, but yeah, it's a little unexpected uh, thing. But I'm gonna be hopefully because I have to ship that out, so I'm gonna try and finish this that <laughs> this week, and then ship the the because we're not gonna ha- we have kind of limited access to tools at the convention. It's pretty much just gonna be welding and plasma cutting, I believe. Yeah. So. I'm trying to get as much of that done because I, I think I have probably one of the more elaborate builds. Um, Definitely. There. You and April, man. April's is pretty nuts too. April's I, April's is, there's a lot to it, but I think it's going to actually be a really easy assembly. Most of the work on hers is, uh, seems like it's going to be the plasma cutting. Yeah, that's true. So it should fit mine, together pretty nice. Mine's got a lot of uh, questionable fabrication things going in it, so I hope it works. <laughs> that's kind of, I'm like, thinking about like the possibility of the bench racking or not. So I kind of changed the design so that if I have to, I can, I can weld it to the frame. I put a metal frame around the wood. So a lot yeah. of thoughts gone. I knew it, but it should be a really cool. I think it's one of those things that where like you look at the, another thing that I've noticed just with SketchUp in general is you can do such a phenomenal job of designing something in there and it looks okay. But then when you build it, you're like, Oh my God, this is so much better than it looks. Even though, you know, everything is dimensionally, you can spend a ton of time doing like the, the colors and the, the lighting and all that and sketch up. But when you actually build it, it usually looks way cooler than it did in the program. So I'm, I'm, Definitely. Hoping, I'm hoping that's what, what happens with this one. So <laughs> um, yeah, it should be cool. So I've been working on that. Uh, there's, there's a, a microbrewery opening up down the street, which I'm super excited for because I literally live in like, a ghost town there's nothing but there's nothing here there's nowhere no environment that's nice to go into to have a beer or a coffee or anything like that so 
I'm really excited about this opening up, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing some sconces, believe it or not, for this place. <laughs> they're gonna be different. They're, they're gonna be different. Different sconces. Good man, yes. ride ride the sconce wave, the I sconce know, hype train, man. Milk it for all it's got. Yeah, well, so this one I really want to do um, like copper and uh, uh, like brass and and black and steel, some combination of those things. I just feel like it's a classic look and and since mm-hmm. it's a you know brewery i just feel like it would look at home so uh i'd like to i'd like to do something with that i have to design that and uh possibly i might end up doing tables and even the bar for that place so we'll see how that goes um and also there's another bar that that uh i'm going to be possibly doing some work with bush mills um there so we'll, we'll see what we, we'll see what happens it's it's been it's been busy a lot going Sweet. on Nice. And how about you? My world has been all about flooring. <laughs> I, I Let's see. Let's start with installing the flooring. I decided to do the stupid thing and install it all by hand. And I, I got that done and I thought, great, I'm over the hump. Now let's just finish this. Um, but first I need to plane it down and scrape it, get it nice and flat and smooth. And I figured, you know, that might be about two, three hours worth of work. Ten hours later, I'm about three quarters <laughs> into the job, Oof. and I'm thinking this is crazy. And I, so I, I videoed the first hour or so of work, and then I started realizing how much this is really going to take, and I started getting frustrated with it. And the camera showed up less and less. And by about a third of the way into the project, I don't even have the camera in the room anymore. <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm chewing myself out for doing this, and as as much as the installation was backbreaking bent over the planning was far more um because it was like doing mountain climbers oh yeah because you can't put all your weight out on the plane so you have to have your weight back on your knees but you have to push the plane away from you and once you get out there you're kind of like cantilevered back out there so you're kind of supporting with your abs and back on every single stroke yeah holy cow uh just yeah, that was um, that was far, far more than I was anticipating. But, yeah, uh, but I, I figured not. that would be a struggle, man. Because I mean, when you think about the leverage you get just from being able to stand up, yeah, you lose out on all of that being on the floor, you know. Yeah, I also ended up having to put um, um, slightly different rubber on the bottom of my knee pads in order to get more grip, so I wasn't like pushing myself back against the floor. Yeah, but, that does yeah. not sound like fun. I don't know. Giant like giant floor sanders. <laughs> exactly. I, I would have easier that would have made your life. I would have planed for like ten minutes to get the shot and then, you know, cut <laughs> to it was great, you know, it was super easy. I recommend everybody do the whole thing by hand and you know, off camera you have the giant floor sander that uh, you're returning to Home Depot. You could you can actually have it accidentally like like you forgot to turn off the record button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. or me playing card got corrupted in the corner and <laughs> yeah have like digital scrambling and then like a quick clip of you using the floor yeah. sander yeah. yeah yeah that would have been uh yeah that you're you're crazy man but all that being said it turned out awesome i mean the floor looks great yeah i mean if you've ever been out shopping for hardwood floors and you find this flooring that's called hand scraped and uh-huh. it's got like these grooves running down it oh yeah that is not hand scraped 
Yeah, it's machine script. <laughs> machine texture. It's, it's it's yeah, yeah. cuz this is this is the most buttery smooth flooring I've ever felt is it's just it's phenomenal. I'm I'm in love with it. Yeah. But yeah, once all that's done, then it's the finishing process. And uh, I decided to go with Waterlocks, which um you know, Waterlocks has a um, it, it's very very potent. And it smell? Yes. Oh, yes, it is. And it's like the entire upstairs. Um, and so I, I either put it on when my wife is at work, because um, it's it's really the worst for like the first two hours or so when it's when it's wet and, and really heavily curing. Mm-hmm. Or I wait until she falls asleep, and then I put down a coat. Yeah. So uh, they have a low VOC version. I was wondering if you had looked into that at all since, you know, since you're doing it inside your house. I thought about it, but honestly, it does not affect me at all. At, at all. Yeah. It doesn't affect me at all. And, um, yeah. So I actually like the smell of it. I really enjoy the smell of water locks. Um, that's, <laughs> Well, that's terrible it's, for you, man. It's like harsh chemical fumes. I mean, so what you, I ended up you, doing is um, for the the first coat, the really thick one, where I wanted to put a lot on. I it was it was warm enough that night that I opened the front door, opened the back door, put fans, so it was, it was circulating through the upstairs. Um, and then I I closed off all of the cold air returns in the space, and then hung sheets to basically seal it off. So you, you really couldn't smell much throughout the rest of the house. Yeah. Um, and so that wasn't as much of a problem. But then for the second coat, um, temperatures here dropped to 30 degrees. Oof. Um, so it's like, well, we're going to do it, but that room is sealed. <laughs> so, yeah. So I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I have to be the first person out to open up the doors and just flush the air through the, the space quickly. Man, that's nuts. But, uh, yeah, it's I finally not- got the, the fifth coat on last night. So It's weird. Like, I feel like if you if you do this kind of stuff for a living, you start to like get these like associations with the smells of the chemicals that you start to use, which isn't good because, you know, I feel like (laughs) when you thoroughly enjoy what you're doing, you just maybe subconsciously start to like associate these smells with happiness. Oh yeah. Like, so like, cause that moment when finish is going on is usually like a really awesome moment, you know, like that's like the swing moment. Oh yeah. On this floor, it was just incredible. You get like this, I was like, response, like, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, seriously. Yeah. Like, so like denatured alcohol, like I always used to, I always used to hate the smell of like vodka and alcohol and stuff. And now like if somebody has, I smell vodka and I'm like, oh, shellac. <laughs> like <laughs> like yes. paste, paste Fine wax. Finish. Yeah. Paste wax is one of my favorites. Uh, like mineral spirits Boil even Vinci like. Oil. Yeah, yeah, turpentine. Funny, I love man. the smell of turpentine. That's uh, it's it's probably not healthy, but yeah, it is what that's it is. Funny. See, I'm so, like obsessive about wearing the respirator with organic cartridges whenever I'm, even if I'm doing like water-based finishes. And so when I was out in California with Chris, uh, we were applying armor seal and I didn't bring my organic cartridges with me. I'm like, man, this does smell pretty good. I'm like, I've missed it. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's uh, where have you been delicious? Cause you like when you're wearing those cartridges, you can't smell, yeah. there is no smell. It's a, it's actually pretty amazing, but like I've gotten terrible headaches and lightheadedness from, from, you know, especially if I'm, I'm applying spray paint just out of the can, that stuff will, wreck me so i uh the worst I is man lacquer thinner is like so yeah. <laughs> yes. brutal 
I remember before I had a mask, like I was doing airbrushing stuff and, uh, like I, when I was shooting the clear coat on it, which is lacquer thinner and, uh, just spray lacquer. Yeah. Like I would spray it, hold my breath and run like 20 feet out of the garage <laughs> when I could barely hold my breath. Cause it was like, yeah, it's one of those things that like when you inhale any sort of, uh, lacquer thinner like you can feel yourself dying a little oh bit. yeah like every breath yeah. you're like that was uh yeah it's 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 bad it's not good stuff yeah i've done one can of rattle can spray lacquer it was like a, a balin or whatever product and looks awesome used it on my uh the nelson bench thing that i built but it stank up not only my garage but the entire like finished basement that shares a door with my garage it was like i couldn't even watch tv downstairs because it was like that just ridiculous fume it was uh yeah i'm i'm yeah. I'm, I'm good on lacquer i'm really liking the waterborne stuff because of that because there's like so little fumes yeah urethane reducers brutal too like when i shoot <laughs> primer on my truck like that's yeah it's yeah. this weird kind of like cloying like sickly sweet smell that like doesn't necessarily smell bad but yeah it like i remember spraying my truck and I took my dog for a walk around the block and I was a solid block away from the house and I could still smell it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, the good news is hopefully on the next podcast, uh, the cabinets will be installed and if all goes well, the countertop and sink will be in and I'll actually have a function kitchen and I can remove the, uh, the, the refrigerator from my living room. Nice. There's just something about a refrigerator sitting on carpet that just doesn't make you want to eat anything out of it. Yes, <laughs> I could I could see that. Let's put it right next to your recliner. Yes, yes. <laughs> would be convenient. Does anybody have recliners anymore? I, I don't. I, I like do for the theater. I feel like they've kind of like fallen out of of fashion. I don't think there's such a thing as a good looking recliner. I think that's why. Although actually my parents have one from like a uh, room and board or something. It's like solid walnut arms and, and legs with this like really nice kind of subtle, you know, padding, you know, there's, the, the yeah. upholstery on it. it there's nice. some good like Morris style recliners, but I feel like that's something from like a, you know, like everybody has a grandpa that like had their recliner <laughs> that like yeah. nobody else could sit in because it was theirs. Yeah. And I, I feel like your whole house has to kind of be that craftsman style or else a Morris just sticks out. Cause it's a, that's a, that's an intense chair. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a really cool chair, but it, it's uh, visually, it takes up a lot of, I think like a lot of space almost, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll send you a, I'm going to put a link to these, uh, this recliner I'm talking about. It's actually quite nice. I'll uh, throw it on Facebook and you can put it in the live chat cause I like it. Uh, and it's very comfortable, which that's that's usually the thing. You have to sacrifice comfort for style with a lot of these things, you know. Um, cool. Well, uh, you, you sorry, I, did I interrupt you, Zach? You, you good? Yeah, I, I don't think I had anything else. Oh, I did put out a new video. The, uh, the oh yeah, man, the industrial the shelf. shelf. Yeah, that was I good. Always, I always forget to bring those up when I put out videos. <laughs> kind of important. That thing yeah. is – so the guy's going to come pick it up, I think, this coming Monday. And uh, it, it it's so heavy. It is – I think it's heavier than the desk I built for him. Wow. I don't know how. I have no idea how it's like – I bet it's 
getting i bet it's almost 300 pounds like it took every it took every bit of my strength to like lift that thing up from its back to its front like i i got i hit like the 45 degree mark and i was like this is it man like it's either i'm either gonna get this degree or it's gonna come crashing down on the floor (laughs) it's uh it's a how do you find these people who will pick up because i i have never had a client not have me deliver it and it is the worst i i wouldn't it is the worst like i they come to me i would not because this guy's in uh daytona so he's like like a couple hours from me there's just there's just no way i would i would i couldn't do that i mean my i love my truck to death but uh yeah i don't think think that thing is up for a uh you know 200 mile journey that's true at 50 miles an hour at like 4,000 rpm it's just not gonna happen true oh i forgot to mention so when i delivered speaking of delivery nightmare deliveries when i delivered that dining chair and benches or dining table and benches that i just finished the walnut kind of butcher block one mm-hmm. so the guy had not measured the doorway going out to oh. his sunroom where this table oh. was gonna go yes oh indeed it was like three quarters of an inch too wide and you know it's all glued together there's no disassembling this thing so attached to the sunroom, he has a small deck that's about 20 feet off the ground. And we had to rig up a bunch of ratchet straps and freaking pull the table up and over the railing of his deck. This thing probably weighed, I don't know, 90, 100 pounds. I mean, it's a ton of wood. Had to muscle it up and over miraculously because we wrapped it in moving blankets. It didn't get a ding on it and... We made it happen, but yeah, what should have been like a 15 minute drop off turned into like a two hour, you know, feat of engineering and sheer strength. And it was, uh, I really, really, really wish I had gotten it on video. And I think I was so horrified that we were going to have to do this. I didn't even think to do that, but, uh, it was, it was no good. That was, uh, (laughs) that was not a fun moment. That would be a good show topic is just like nightmare deliveries, but I, I don't think I've really had any. I think everything. Yeah. That's the I've worst. Had, I've, had had. Few, I've had a few close calls, but I don't think I've had to, to, I used something. to deliver appliances for an appliance store in town. Oh man. There were a lot of fun stories with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that organ cabinet I built, I guess almost flipped out of the back of my truck. It was so tall and, and heavy, like at its, you know, top heavy. And I I had it strapped to death, but somehow it literally was leaning over the edge of my tailgate, like hanging on by two straps. And I about had a heart attack. It was uh, so I'm I'm very uh, much more uh, obsessive about strapping things down now. But uh, that was that was a potential. If that had fallen out on the highway, I would have just given up and said, "Well, sorry, man. That's uh, (laughs) this is not happening." Yeah. All right. Well, we've got a couple questions, so we're just going to do another kind of Q and A episode. It's almost like we're just moving to this format because it works really well, and I, I, uh, I kind of like it. It's more. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It just feels more uh, gen, like genuine. Yeah, it's I organic. Guess. Yeah, organic. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. It's just, so basically, yeah. if you have a question, send it to one of us. Yeah, send it to us. Yeah. Yeah. Either you know. Like DM us on Instagram or message us, you know, send us an email through the contact form on the website, whatever, and uh, make it happen. 
All right, cool. So first one from, I think it's Yonatan uh, again. I don't know that I'm still pronouncing that right, but I, hopefully I am. Um, and his question is, how do you make sure you aren't bringing bug-infested wood into your lumber storage collection? They can be so small you can't even see them. And yeah, that's definitely a concern. When I bought all that air-dried walnut off of Craigslist, I was worried about that because you know it wasn't from a lumber dealer. It was just from, I mean, I guess they were like a, some sort of woodworking shop. So it was better than like some dude in his, you know, trailer out behind his, uh, you know, double wide, but it still kind of freaked me out because it hadn't been, you know, kiln dried to kill the bugs. But, uh, what about you guys? Yeah, that's kind of a, a sketchy thing. I've kind of gotten to the point where I don't, I don't worry about it as much. Um, particularly I'm on the edge of where things really get cold outside. Yeah. Um, and that that fixes a lot of the problems, um, but yeah, uh, a lot of uh, almost all of what I get is air dried, and so that's just something I have to think about. But I, I usually try and find something that has been air drying outside through the winter, and that that tends to take care. Of it. I, I actually haven't run into any problems with it yet, so I don't have a whole lot of experience on the topic though. Yeah, I've I've never had any you know wooden bugs in the shop. Zach, what about you? I, I've never really, it's never been an issue, so it's not really on my radar of things to worry about. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it would have to be really bad to cause the amount of, I, I guess I don't do fine woodworking. Like, I feel like <laughs> like if there's bug marks and stuff in, in it, like as long as I can get rid of the bugs, it's not really a big deal. <laughs> Adds to the character. Yeah. So it's it hasn't really been an issue for me. I mean, I have... This is coming from the guy who has like all of his metal right next to his sprinklers on the side of his house rusting. <laughs> like you can see when I put out the video for the Fabtech build, like I pull this two inch angle iron off the side of my house and it seriously looks like it came from the Titanic. It's like, and, and then like I took a wire wheel to it and it looks awesome. Like it looks like it was made in the like 1500s or something. It's just, I mean, you, you just kind of adapt and and uh, make do with what you have. That's that's my kind of philosophy, I guess. Yeah. yeah, all the wood I have, I mean, there's very little lumber here that doesn't have bug holes in it, but I've never had any problem with the bugs. So, yeah, yeah, I think knock on wood, all of us, because that's a good problem not to have. Because yeah. that, that would be a pain. That would make me super I mean, if stressed. You, if you figured out how to word it correctly, you could probably sell it for more money. <laughs> yeah, I do know reclaimed guy, barnwood. I do know of one guy who has a uh, his um, lumber storage. He bombs it once a year, you know, just a bug bomb. But I don't know how well that works or not. I just know that's what he likes to do. Yeah, that's not not a terrible idea. I mean, I mean, most of the lumber I buy is from. I don't really buy that much lumber, first of all, but most of the stuff I buy is from you know like hardwood dealers, and I think for the most part that stuff's all going to be kiln dried. So. Um, at that point, I don't really worry about it. So, you guys know of uh, beetle kill pine? You heard of that? Oh yeah, I've used some of that stuff before. Yeah. It's really cool. It's That's what cool. a, a, a tree in my side yard died, and it had all that kind of color, like that wild color that it gets from the, the beetle kill pine. It was really cool. Yeah, I think it's it's cool looking. It's it's kind of I guess it's a really big problem though. Like it's really screwed. Oh, it's up huge. Forest. But yeah. it uh, makes for some really cool-looking lumber. So It does. It makes pine look awesome. 
Yeah, if you guys haven't, uh, if you guys aren't familiar with that, uh, punch in Beetle Kill Pine and, and Google. And, uh, yeah, it's like a bluish kind of tone. Gray, that, yeah, blue gray. yeah, it's really neat. Cool. Um, all right, Scott Curtis. He's having his kitchen renovated, and they're replacing the 1950s two-and-a-half-inch wide oak flooring. And he doesn't want to throw it out. Any ideas what it could be repurposed into? So, Sure, go I mean, watch Paul Jackman. Turn it into Paul. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, if it's tongue and groove, then you can either just reuse it as like tabletops and kind of get a interesting look. I've seen so many restaurant tabletops made out of tongue and groove flooring. Um, I, I don't think it's actually that practical because I think crud gets built up in the tongues and groove. And, you know, when you wipe down the table, you'll get nastiness down in there. But you could also just rip off the tongue and, you know, probably don't really need to rip off the groove, I guess. I mean... But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, most projects that I work on have sticks that they need that are, you know, three-quarters by, you know, one inch, three-quarters by two inch. Uh, most all projects in any casework, you're going to have these thin strips. And uh, it's great use for that. Just mill it down to the dimension you need. Just treat it as rough lumber as opposed to finished. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I was going to say the same thing. So, yeah, I mean, at two and a half inches wide, you'd be doing a lot of glue ups. So, I would imagine some sort of like butcher block style thing would be good just to get it to, to thick enough to where you could make something substantial out of it. But, mm-hmm. uh, you the know. other thing you can do is sell it. Uh, reclaimed flooring is worth a uh, pretty penny. Uh, yeah. A lot of people who, who sell it for almost the same price as brand new flooring. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure it looks really good and it's super well seasoned and, you know, I mean, sand it down and put it somewhere else. I wish I had some of that for my attic. Um, Make some pallets out of it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Nice. All right. Um, Let's see. Uh, Bleakat Woodworks. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's bleaked. Bleaked. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Do we ever get into a funk and lose motivation to get in the shop or come up with new ideas? Oh, I yes. call that uh, dresser. <laughs> yes, I, I call that uh, arts and crafts dining chair. <laughs> yeah, there. I mean, to me, the thing that keeps me out of the shop and like keeps me procrastinating is when I get to a point in a project where I'm like nervous or like there's a step that I'm not confident in, and it's like my brain you know, wants to think through every possible scenario. And then when I finally feel like I've got a good handle on it, then I will stop procrastinating and, and get out in the shop and, and get to it. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I've found, at least in my work, that the best way to stop procrastinating at a project is to build a very, very, very detailed to-do list. Um, mm. So, like, when I was working on the dresser, I would be, you know, breaking down, okay, I need to dovetail all the drawers. That's a big step. So I need to cut all the tails. Well, then I'm going to break that down into, I need to cut the tail on one board. Yep. Um, And then I would have this whole check off, you know, I've, I've, I've 40 boards and I'll check off each end of each board and have a detailed list so that I can check off something every five minutes. Yeah. And I find that is actually um, very, it it gives you that idea that yes, you can take that one next step. It's only five minutes worth of work. You can do it. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, whether you break it up organizationally like that or however you do it, I think the important thing is just, it's that initial momentum. It's getting like nudging that ball over the cliff. Like it just, once you, 
if you, it's, it's really easy to step back and look at the whole picture and be like, I have no idea how I'm going to do all of this. It's intimidating. I don't feel motivated. I have anxiety. Yeah. But it's just like, you have to just kind of look down at your feet and take one little step. And I feel like usually, I mean, you don't have to have, I feel like I'm the perfect example of somebody who doesn't typically have the process figured out when I start. Like I might sound like I do cause I have a sketch up, but a lot of the times like I'll just have the dimensions and yeah. the things. And I have no idea how I'm actually going to put it together. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I never model in joinery. Exactly. I'm the same way. But I mean, half the time I don't even know like what kind of join I'm going to use. Yeah. Like I'll just, I'll design it. And I feel like if I try and go further than that in design, I'll never get there. But a lot of the times when you just, go, okay, well, I'll figure that out when I get there. And and usually yep. you do. I mean, those things that, that seem really difficult and off-putting, uh, by the time you start working towards them, they usually end up not even being a big deal. You're like, oh, that was really easy. Why did I even yes. stress out about that? So I think the important thing is just to like get out there and do something. Even even if you have a project to do, like go out and clean your shop. Like if that's if that's if you're too scared to start a project or you don't have the motivation, like get out there, put on some music and just start cleaning your shop. And chances are, at least for me, like once you're out there and you, you're in the mindset and you're in the environment, like it'll, you'll, the motivation will kind of start creeping in. It's, it's like, uh, totally. I, I never, ever want to go to the gym. Once I'm there, I'm fine. Like once I, once I walk in the door, like I'm okay, I'm here. But like, I never, I, I can't think of any time I've actually wanted to go but I still do it, you know, and once I'm there, it's, it's, uh, not as bad as I thought. So, yeah, no, I, I totally agree that the cleaning up thing is a great one too. That is, that is one of those things where you'll be standing there and you'll, you'll have everything nice and tidy and it makes your shop a lot more inviting. And mm -hmm. then invariably I will just dive right into the next step of the project. And yeah. it's amazing how, how good of a motivator that is. And you know, just letting you think through things. And I think that's the biggest thing is you kind of get some time to do mindless activities mm -hmm. and then continue to think through things. Yeah. So my yeah. mind cannot stand a clean shop. It's got to be dirty. <laughs> You'd be right at home in, in mine. <laughs> I'm constantly cleaning it, but every time I get it clean, it's like, oh, and then I can work on this. Oh, yeah. I've had a pile tools. of scrap wood just on the floor and like blocking my path for probably like a solid three months. And it's like, <laughs> I just don't know where to put it. And I'm like, eh, it's, it's good enough there. It's not <laughs> causing any problems. I feel like I always find tools that I forget that I had. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I lost a while ago and I'm like, ah, I'll turn up someday. And then when I clean yeah. it, I'm like, oh my God, there it is. Yeah. That's the, that's the hardware drawer for me. I'm like, Oh, I didn't know I had two yes. more of this thing or whatever, you know, that's funny. Nice. Cool. Well, I think that's, uh, that's good. So let's, let's move it along and move into our joke of the week. We got a pretty good one from Jeff Groff. I thought this was pretty, pretty funny. Uh, did you hear about the board that got arrested? It mm -hmm. was naughty pine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. So I thought that oh, was a good one. one. Thank favorites. you for that one, Jeff. Yeah, I, I agree. That's uh <laughs> that was a, a funny one. So cool. Um, <laughs> let's talk about what we've been 
watching or reading or listening to. We actually had a request from Tyrell Weston for more like, you know, music of the week. So uh, I think that's a good oh, spot cool. to plug, plug that too. So I might, I might do some of those this week. So James, you got one, you want to go first? Yeah. Uh, I, I actually, YouTube suggested a video the other day for um, a channel called Samson boat. Um, and I, I was absolutely floored with it. Uh, it was a guy who found, uh, well, he was offered the hull of an old sailing ship um, from, I think it was 107 years old. And it's, it's an old, old hull, all wooden, beautiful, beautiful old timber-built sailing ship. Um, and in its day, it, wa- it won several um, uh, international races and was a, was a prized ship. Uh, but it's been sitting in this yard for the last uh, several decades, just rotting. And so he bought it for one pound and uh, transported it up to, I think, somewhere in Washington. And is now, um, he he has a, a friend who is loaning him a shop through the build of it and is living in the shop. Um, you know, he has his bed and all that in the shop right next to the boat and is restoring this boat plank by plank. Uh, well, he just started putting up these videos uh, a couple months ago. He only has like uh, 3,000 subscribers, but it's it's one that will explode very soon. And uh, absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous videos um, on a really cool old boat. So definitely nice. worth checking out. It's like uh, it's like SV Seeker, but with, you know, my kind of woodworking. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Cool. Well, I've got a couple, I guess, music picks. Uh the new Chris Stapleton record will be out, I guess, soon. I, I don't know exact date on that, but he released a single from, uh, I guess it's the second half of his From a Room album. And uh, I love Chris. And uh, the new track, the new single is, is really solid, called Millionaire. Um, also, a couple other new good albums this week. Uh, Beck released a new album. I'm not like the biggest Beck fan, but I really dig uh, the kind of sound on this one, it's a lot more kind of upbeat and, and lively, good kind of working music, you know, keeps you, keeps you moving. Um, new St. Vincent album, which again, not been a huge fan of theirs in the past, but I'm enjoying that one. And my last pick would be a new four Tet T E T album. He's like a kind of ambient electronic, yeah. uh, really, really like his stuff. Great for like, if I'm like writing my voiceover or like working on a blog post or something where I, I still want to be able to like think and not have a bunch of lyrics like blasting at me, I uh, really dig, dig him. So those are a couple of picks for me. Zach. Um, so I've been doing a good amount of reading lately. Uh, I've read a few books. Some of them aren't worth mentioning. Um, and typically I'm not a big, like Malcolm Gladwell. I'm not, I feel like people are obsessed with him. I, I, usually think he's kind of, well, he, he doesn't really do it for me, but uh, I read a book that he wrote called outliers, which was really interesting. And it was, it's kind of about, uh, the story of success, I guess you'd call it. Like, it's not a, it's not like a self-help book or anything. It's just kind of, he, he takes all these different, um, people who are successful and he talks about like how they got there, like, like what, what events and what opportunities and, and essentially the, it kind of boils down to is it's a combination of hard work and really good luck. Like all these opportunities have presented themselves to these people at, at good times. It's, it, it was an interesting read. I read it in a couple of like about two days. Um, 
So that was actually an interesting book. Uh, as far as music, I wasn't prepared, um, but <laughs> since I've been since I've been reading a lot, I've been listening to kind of what you're talking about, like the ambient sort of almost like I guess you call it trip hop. I'm not really like a hip hop or R and B person, but uh, I like some of the stuff like Grammatic, uh, G R A M A T I K, uh, Fortet, like you said, is good. Chinese Man is is really good. Uh, some R J D 2s older stuff. Uh, oh yeah. That's really good stuff that you can just, like you said, uh, I, I can't, I can't read if there's lyrics. Yep. And I, I want something that's just kind of, uh, uh, quiet. Also, uh, Duke Ellington, of course, is unbelievable. If you're into old jazz stuff, it's hard to beat. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's it for me this week, I guess. Nice. Oh, there's one more album I want to throw out. Oh, so Chad Lawson is his name. Actually, William Walker has used uh, some of his stuff in his videos. I guess he reached out to Chad. So he did this really great uh, Chopin uh, double album a while ago that I've really enjoyed. And then he just came out with an album called A Grave Mistake. It's kind of like it, it is classical, but not, you know, your kind of snooty classical, I want to say. It's much more kind of relaxing and uh it's really well done and I, I dig it. And again, it's another one of those great kind of writing music or, you know what I mean? Something where you don't want a bunch of lyrics in your face. Cause I am a huge hip hop fan, but hip hop is just about the worst music you can write to. Cause it's just, you know, it's people talking at you basically. So um, yeah, cool. Uh, favorite tool of the week, James. So you got one. Yes. Uh, the nine inch foam applicator pad. Um, it's I stupid, simple thing. I was doing the, the finishing on the floor and, uh, you know, I was, I was originally planning on just using, like I normally do with, with, uh, um, water locks is using a wool sock and rubbing it on. Uh, but then I was going to the store and I saw these, you know, they're, they're designed for painting to give you a really smooth, clean surface. Um, and they're, they're a foam pad with thousands and thousands of these tiny micro hairs on the bottom that absorb the, the material and allow you to, to put it on smoother and longer distances. And I thought, you know, I'm going to give that a try. And I have fallen in love with it for big flat surfaces. It is now my go-to applicator for uh, water locks and oil finishes. It, it just, it held onto it beautifully, really nice, smooth application of the finish. Um, I, I think other than spraying, it is my favorite method of doing it now. So yeah, those, those cheap nine inch foam applicator pads. Booyah. Yeah. Nice. Mine is, so when I was out with Chris, we used these screws to kind of hold together the finger joints at the corners of the bed frame so that, you know, cause beds need to be able to be taken apart. Um, so I use these same screws on my DIY sofa build and I just love them. They're, they're so it's fast cap, one of their products, they're power head screws and then the flush mount drill bit, uh, they kind of go together. And so these power head screws have like a screw head, like the size of a dime, probably maybe even a little bigger. And so they have a really wide kind of surface area to keep them from pulling too much through the surface of the wood and gives them a ton of holding power. And then this flush mount drill bit is perfectly sized to countersink these heads right below the surface. So either you can leave them exposed and add kind of a nice clean, you know, fastener look, or you can use 
fast caps, which is what the company is, you know, kind of founded on these little peel and stick uh, caps that match whatever type of wood or, you know, whatever the, the top surface veneer is. And uh, just an awesome product. I just love the way it works and they are really, really strong. So, um, yeah, definitely check those out if you need some sort of, you know, disassemblable type of joinery because they're super clean looking. That's what I love about them, man. Once you, if you drill the holes in a precise place, it like gives it this really nice look. So, yeah. Zach? Um, I'm going to go with the Dremel tool. Uh, I think I've, I've probably mentioned that a long time ago, but I had to bust it out the other day. And there's just times like I don't use it very much, but there's times when it is the only right tool for the job. Like it's, or it's the perfect. Yeah. Especially with like, I I mostly, I mostly use it when I'm doing metal stuff and I need to like grind out um, little tiny spots or little tiny holes or enlarge a little hole or something. And there's just, sometimes there's, there's just a, sometimes it's an invaluable tool. So yeah. uh, Yeah. That's one of those tools I have never owned a Dremel of any kind. And it's one of those tools that like I always see, but then I'm like, I don't I, know what I'd use it for. It's that's, that's exactly what purpose it serves. It's one of those tools yeah. where like when you have it, like you'll find there's going to be times when you're, when you're very happy that you have it, like you yeah. don't need it, but it, there's certain times where it's really, really useful to have. See, I mm. keep wanting to reach for my flex shaft every time I'm doing like handles or anytime I'm doing compound curves. Um, mm. I, I, from when I used to do jewelry work, it is, it, it became a part of how I think now. Yeah. Well, once, it, once it fits into that, that methodology, it's. Yeah. yeah. Those rotary tools. I, I know they're great. Like my uh, grant, uh, the pipe maker who was on here a while back, he uses them like crazy. He has like four mm-hmm. of the, you know, kind of long, you know, I guess the flex shaft ones, uh, the rotary tools, and he's got everything on there and, and cuts so much, like all the little stem, you know, like the little mouth holes on the on the stems and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I think I should probably hit them up and get one just so I can, you know, add it to the flow. So, yeah, yeah the flex, right. flex shaft is so nice because you can actually mount the, the unit above yourself and have the shaft hang down. So if it's something you're, you're sitting at a table it doesn't take up any space. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right, cool. Well, I think, uh, that'll do it for this week. So thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the show. If you did, uh, consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes. That's super, super helpful or supporting the show on Patreon, throw a couple bucks there and, uh, help, you know, keep the show going. So, uh, Again, our top patrons of the week are Make, Build, Modify, Master, and Nun, and my mother, Debbie Brooke. So uh, we are, uh, yeah, we're also working. We're almost to the threshold where we're we're working on merch and shirts and stuff. So um, yeah, we're actually going to pay for a, a graphic designer and stuff. So uh, if you guys do want to support us, if you want some some merch, help us out on the the Patreon, and we'll we'll get uh, we'll get some merch out to you soon. Cool. All righty. Thanks again, everybody, and until next week, happy building. See ya. See you later, guys.